know that we've been praying for Sean and Dana. If you don't know who Sean is, this is Sean. And he's going to give us an update. Sure. Um, I'm doing real well, and uh, so is Dana. Uh, this is her first weekend that she's actually, well, the first period of about four and a half days she has been coughing. Um, so she had uh, COVID with pneumonia. That's a fun experience. Um, but God was faithful. There were days where we were both in so much delirium, I don't even remember the days. Um, but somehow we got fed, and we got rid of what we got fed, and we went back to bed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we asked God for his grace. But no, she's doing good. She just, uh, this is, um, she wor actually works in Okmogee, so her days are 12 hours long. And so she's taking a day to rest. She took yesterday to rest because it's the first weekend she's had where she hasn't been hacking up half a lung. So it's been really good, but God is good. Thank you so much for praying for us. Praise God. We also have a praise report from Ronnie. How long do you have? I just want to brag on our awesome God. Okay? Can I do that for a while? You know, I heard God saying this morning again, he said, son, just stand. Just stand and see what I do for you. If you look across these grounds, this ain't nothing that any man has done. Everything you see around you is what God hath done. Okay? I just stand in amazement of how he works, his mighty works. You know, the, I'm going I'm to just start with the first of the year. Back, back at the end of the year, I got a letter from the city. You know the vision. Some of you know, some don't. God gave me a vision to build a pavilion out here and put the buses at the each end of it, make classrooms out of the buses, because kids love buses. Every little kid you see, they love to sit on a bus. Whether it's going anywhere or not, they just love to be on a bus. Well, at the end of the year, I get this. God gave me the buses. I ended up buying the buses from Savannah School. Two buses for 500 bucks. Who does that? God. <laughs> I'll never forget Mr. Reader. He called me, and uh, it was like... Well, we're giving these buses to you, so come and get them. You know, that's, that's more or less his attitude was this, this little bid you seeing over here. We're, I said, yeah, God's giving them to us. How great is that? So we got the buses. Ended up selling parts off of them buses for $2,500. <laughs> God gave us all the trusses for the pavilion were donated by Denson Cable. They've been laying out in his pasture for about two years. He had intentions of building a barn while he built a pavilion. God said, call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. And he also told us early on, he told me, he said, uh, Call forth the treasures from the hidden and secret and dark places. 
to be brought back and given into my kingdom, the kingdom of God. So everything you see out here, we built this pavilion and I had a few of my friends tell me, my smart friends, you know, that's got some brains. They said, you don't want to build that until you get this ground level. You, you going to build it right here? I said, yep, we're going to build it right here. God said, build on the rock. When we built this pavilion, the first thing my, my lead man, Bill, told me, he said, that hole right there ain't but two foot deep. He said, that's as deep as you get it. It's on solid rock. I said, amen, brother. That's as deep as we need it. It's on solid rock. The post in the far corner is how deep, Jack? You remember what I told you? By the time we get the shell where it needs to be on that post, that post will be seven foot in the ground. I believe it's going to be solid, don't you? The shell we need, God provided from the cowboy church out here west of town. They're moving ground to put up a recovery center for men. So they needed all the shell out of the way. You just come and get it. It's yours. Hmm? Get it out of our way. But the most amazing thing, and I praise God for this, this is what we do it for. Laura brought the kids yesterday. We had an awesome time at the Baptist Church. They put on a program every year. This year, the title of it was Walk, based on the verse out of Ephesians 5 and 8, where we was once was in darkness, but now we walk in the light. Awesome, awesome time yesterday. I got to take, I don't know if y'all know him or not, Leona on old Jagger and, and Boston, his, he calls him the smaller, his brother, he's actually his cousin. They both gave up their heart and soul to God last night. Huh? So I'm on cloud nine, whether y'all know it or not. Our God is good. Good. <laughs> These boys, they represent the beginning of something. Uh, they are the roughest two boys maybe in McAllister, <coughs> were. They were. <laughs> Don't put that on you kids. No, these boys. So... Praise God. Yes, ma'am. We had all these sessions to go to, but they put Camp Hope as eating the last. Yeah. About 1.30, I'm so thankful for the Lord. So about 1.30, she said, we ain't waiting till... No, 3.30, we're going to eat now. Join in with somebody else. <laughs> 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 
Praise God. Going to sleep. Oh. Um, yesterday, um, me and my brother and um, the church from the Lighthouse of Prayer, some of the fam um, church members from out there, um, we went to Walmart and um, we were feeding the homeless. And not only that, we were, you know, we'd ask people if they needed prayer. And there was this woman that showed up and she couldn't get out of her vehicle because she couldn't breathe. And um, um, one of the women from the church, she goes up there and asks her, would you like something to eat? And she tells her, yeah, she wants a hamburger. And she tells her everything she wants on it. And when she's done, um, before the lady leaves, I ask my five-year-old, I said, do you want to go pray over her? And she said, yeah. So we get up there and I said, can we pray over you? She said, I would hope so. <laughs> and so I get to pray and, and normally I'm trying to teach my daughter scriptures. And, you know, so I try to have her repeat everything I say. But I was in prayer mode. So she was trying to keep up with me. And, but she was praying with me. And, and after we were done, I said, did that make you feel better? And she started smiling. And I, she said, yeah. And then just a couple minutes later, my brother and uh, three or four other people were over there, and they were lifting their hands, and they were praying over somebody else. I said, look, River. I said, this is what you're supposed to do. I said, this is love. And she just started smiling. <laughs> Praise God. Train up a child. Amen. One, one thing real quick. There was a guy we met out there. His name's Kim. He was born on Pearl Harbor's Day, so I don't know how that, he's older than I am, which is old. But anyway, we, we, we talked to him for a long time, and I want y'all, anytime he comes to mind, lift him up in prayer. He's not sure about a lot of things, but he, my heart just, he's special. So y'all, if the Lord ever brings him to mind, just lift him up in prayer. His name's Kim. Sounds like my job's already been done. <clears throat> I'm just going to add to it a little bit here. Um, so with what Ronnie and what everybody was talking about, the sister there was talking about going and praying for people. And, and, and so one thing the Lord's been dealing with me is becoming insignificant. That's the goal, I think, <laughs> becoming insignificant. Um, <clears throat> so just to kind of let you know a little bit of what Brent Rose has been dealing with. Beth's going to love this. So. You know how us men, we don't, I'm okay, I'm all right, you know. Um, so there's this thing that we do in the church where we tell people, um, it, it's good, but we, we take it sometimes to an extreme. Ever since I was called to preach when I was 13 years old, I preached my first sermon at 13, and since then, everybody told me, you're going to be great. Greatness on you. You're going to change the world. And then we also had the religious part that was put on us, that if you don't change the world, nobody else will. If these people die out here and go to hell, it's on your hands. And a 13-year-old boy, that can be kind of heavy. 
to carry. You know what I mean? I mean, and here I am going, it's, it's up to me? <laughs> like, I, me? Um, and, and so as you get older and got in the ministry, begin to do those things, uh, then that begin to become more and more... Now, I'm not saying people put this on us and they preached on us, but you carry that. You begin to take that on yourself and you begin to take, oh, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? And then we have this culture of go hard or go home. And if you're not doing the great big things and you're not even, I'm not even sure you're saved. <laughs> uh, go to these youth rallies and they'd pump you up. And, you know, if you're not praying 24 hours a day, you're not witnessing, you're not doing this. And you need to check your heart and all this stuff. And you're just going, my God, I like to fish every now and then too, God. Is that okay? I mean, it's like, <clears throat> I love to fish, you know, and I'm just like. I like, I like doing other stuff. I like hanging out with people, and, and I, like, I like experiencing new things. I like talking to people. I love to just sit and visit with different people. Beth and I, we do that a lot, go to different places. And, and at, at 41, in the last few years, I've really begun to, begin to, because this is what happens when you get under that, especially someone that's, I don't know, loud like me, <laughs> He was like, you, you're expected to, to be the loud. You got to, you know, you're the whatever it is. And I never could do that. I never wanted the stage. I never wanted the microphone. I never wanted to be the, I, I just, I, I'm not good at promoting myself, especially when it comes to ministry. People's like, you need a website. You need to get your out, you need to do this. And I'm just like, I'm just not good at that. I'm just, you know, if somebody does it and picks stuff up, that's great. You know, but for me, I'm just not, I just couldn't, I just couldn't. Then it blew me away. I'd go to preach, and people would say, well, how much you charge to come to preach? And I'm just like, people are charging you to come to preach? I was like, I come just whatever, you know, um, some food, whatever it takes. I don't charge to come to preach, you know. And uh, so then you, we, we started to work our ministries a little bit, and we started that, and it, was, it wasn't, we had this great thing. We're going we're gonna to change. We're the ones that's going to change everything, you know. Then we realized that it's not really happening like that. When God put us together with all of us, and and it began to ease the load. It's like, okay, we're not the only ones doing this. That's great. And then we begin to go further and further, and we begin to go. So have a conversation with God. God, I've given you everything. I've given you this. I've given money away. We've given everything. And God said, I didn't really ask for that. And go, thank you. And there'll be a there'll be a reward for that. But I just required obedience. And I've said this before and I've learned this in my life that sacrifice looks way cooler than obedience. Because you come out and you're covered in blood, you know, and people's like, oh, what have you been doing? I've been sacrificing for the Lord. Oh yeah, I've been doing the work. Where obedience sometimes is not always seen. And I begin to look at insignificance of being insignificant. And I begin to, con- and, and we do this, and, and maybe you do, maybe you don't deal with this, but I've dealt with this because I grew up out of that culture where, like I said, where you, you preached, and if you didn't have them hanging from the chandeliers, you didn't really preach. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't really have, you didn't, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. You know, it's like, well, I, you'll get them next time. Just follow the spirit, you know, type thing. And again, this is not things that people were just like, necessarily said, but it was kind of inherited in the system, the, the machine. And 
So what we begin to come out of, what we begin to have to change our minds about, what the Lord has been healing, healing Beth and I, this last two years of, of sabbatical really has just kind of been that, of healing, of realizing that, that it hasn't had to necessarily be us to do it, you know? And, uh, and that's been freeing for Beth and I because we were, we, I'm, and I'm going somewhere at this, I promise. I'm not just rambling, but. Um, so we have this, this idea that, that we've carried the whole time, and you're going to be great, and you're going to, you're going to preach to thousands, which I've done. It's been great, and I've enjoyed every moment of it. I just, I didn't, I don't, I didn't want it, but God kept giving it to me, <laughs> and I don't know where that's going to go, what that's going to do. I'm just walking, but, and I would say things like, I just want to feel insignificant, but I felt weird about saying that. I felt, then I would judge myself as like, no, you're supposed to be great. You're supposed to be doing all this, you know. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe not, but the Bible says, do not despise small beginnings. And everywhere that I look in the Bible, everywhere I look at the kingdom, Jesus says the kingdom starts as a, a grain of mustard seed. It's small. It starts little, and then it begins to grow. And too many times we want to start with the big. And I've, I've, been, I've been guilty of that, of, of comparing myself, going, well, I'm not like this person. I'm not like this. I don't, we're not doing it as big as they are. But over the years, I've begun to look at, at War Cry and the work that we did in Tallahanna. And there's maybe 10 or 15 people that I can look at their lives and they're reproducing what the Lord allowed us in the moments to share to them and to pour into their heart. And I'm thinking, God, that's so insignificant. Nobody's seen that. That wasn't on, that wasn't on Facebook. That wasn't on any, nobody's talking about, they're not even really going, oh, Brent and Beth did it. They're glorifying the Lord. And I'm going, that's what it's about. We're talking about people that, that most people would look at and go, why did you, why would you, why would you mess with them? Little Corinne that, that, that hung out with us. She was a mess when she came to us. And we would sit down and talk with her and we would just, we would just spend time with her. It seemed like nobody really wanted to do that with her, but we'd spend time with her, just talk to her and share, encourage her. She'd come and sometimes she'd be, she'd be high as a kite. And we just sit down and talk to her and walk with her through it, walk with her. And, and at that time, she had lost her son. She didn't have her son with her. And, and that was a big thing in her heart. She wanted it so bad. And, and she'd medicate, you know, she'd do that whole thing. Well, now, the other day, we were at school, and her son is now living with her. It has been for a couple of years now. She got the son back. And every time you've seen him on Facebook, they're grinning from ear to ear. And he, he was walking in school, and... And we just said, hey, Beth said, David, what are you doing? He smiled, come over and give us a big hug. It's like, oh, you're doing good. And just, I mean, just happy as he can be. And I'm thinking, that's, that's, that's big. It's insignificant. But it's, it's, it's big. It's, it's, it's power in the insignificant things. Ronnie, you've taught me a lot of just, of just doing. Sometimes we just, we, we don't, we take so little of just doing. Of just, I'm living life. I'm 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 okay to be insignificant. And and we've recently just kind of had had relinquished some positions that we've had, and and I had to realize that I was holding those positions because I said, well, at least it's something. At least I'm at least I'm doing I'm doing something. At least I have a, a title, a position, or you know whatever that is. And I begin to realize it's just, the, it's just the, the little bitty things. And I begin to think of people in my life, and you probably think of people in your life too, that maybe have never preached a sermon. 
maybe never gotten over a whisper, but in their life, the people that they've touched. My grandma, uh, she was a, uh, my grandpa was a pastor. He was an, an amazing minister, but my grandma, as far as I'd never heard her, she'd clap her hands real, real quick and kind of loud in church, but I've never heard her shout, nothing like that. But the people that she's touched that would come to her, her house and they would just sit at her table and she'd put out this amazing spread for them. And while she's cooking for them, they, they just sit there and bawl. I mean, some of these, these men are hardcore men coming in the house. And as soon as they walk in, they say, when we walk into Miss, to Sister Cleon's house, it's just the presence of God is here. And when she's serving, I mean, she would, <laughs> she would minister through food. That's my kind of ministry. I like to, that's, that's my love language is food. <laughs> But, but I begin to watch them. I begin to look at the significance of, the, of the, the power that she had. That Those men today, I talk to them and they would say, you're grandma and grandpa. Man, I just go to their house. I remember people coming to their house, these men that had been in church and gotten out and, you know, living real hard lives. And they would show up and they would sit out in their yard for 30, 40 minutes sometimes bawling and crying before they ever even came in the house. Just driving on the property. They just were just bawling. And my grandma and grandpa, they'd come in, they never was like, you need to, you need to. It was always just, you know the way back. You know that he's with you. And that's the spirit that you're feeling is the ministry of the Lord. And it was always just a, a, a tenderness. And it was just, it was just the being. Just being. I've seen, I've seen people come to my dad as far as I know. My dad sings. He used to sing a lot, but he's never really preached or spoken a whole lot. But he lived life in front of people. I've seen him working, he always helped people build houses, and he'd hit his hand, boom. And everybody would kind of wait to see what he was going to do, you know, to see if he was going, if this was really real, or if it's just something that, that he's just been putting on. And that men, the respect that they have for my dad, because he was different, because he said, I'm a Christian. He was a hard worker. He loved to rope. He would go roping with all these guys. And, and, and even some of the people at church like, why do you go hang out with all them guys? And dad said, well, why are you not hanging out with them, God? Hey, those are my friends. Those are the people that I love. And if I can't show them the love of God there, then what's it good is it doing to get them to come here? And I, I remember that just, just growing up, and I've been really thinking about that, about becoming the power of insignificance, the power of, of just of living life and living life in a way that you know who you are. That I can, I can walk anywhere. I can, I can whatever, you know, um, in the church and some of the things I grew up in, we had a separation of your job. Well, I tell people I'm a, I'm a pastor and they'd ask me, well, do you have a secular job? And I'm just like, what? At first I was like, no, because that's what I always heard was that we separated all of that. But, but the Lord is really bringing back to us the ability, I think, to go back and just, just be normal. I have found more ministry opportunities playing sports and hanging out with my kids and the kids' dads and, and, and even the kids on their team. They're not, I mean, just real, what I would call the ministry, you know. This is just a part of what we do. This is part of the ministry that, that we do. It's, it's, it's good. I've been called, and it's what we do, but those the outside of this, what do we do? Who, you know, and I had to begin to, I've really begun to try to find who Brent Rose is outside of being a minister, outside of being Pastor Brent or Brother Brent or, or whatever it is. And, and over the last few years, it's kind of been a, I don't know if it's a struggle, but it's just kind of a walk. It's a journey. 
of who, who am I if I'm not that, you know, if, if um, and Ronnie, I said you, 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 um, you minister to me because you're, I've, I've been around you a lot and you're the same wherever you go. You love people. You're a hard worker. You don't feel, and, and I'm not saying you don't, I'm not saying that we don't have these struggles, but what I see is, is there's no insignificant days. It's weird to say you're going to be insignificant, but then you realize that there is no insignificant days when you have Christ in you. And so the scripture that I have today is just is that. It's Colossians 1, and it's in, uh, uh, I'm just going to put tw- uh, start at 24 and go through 29. And I had a lot of other ones that I wanted to, that I wanted to, but today I think that after what I've heard and what you guys are doing, this is, this is where we, we move into our communities, into our cities, into our, our towns. This is the, the message that I believe that God is bringing back to the church, that, that over the years we've made it all about the buildings, but the first ministers made it about this. And this is what it says. Paul says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery, which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. That's awesome. There was a mystery that was revealed. It was hidden, but now, Paul says, it's being revealed through his saints, revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's how that you can be insignificant and be powerful and be impactful. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Um, Eric, hand me my my notebook, please. I think it's on the bottom. I wrote the hope of glory because I wrote it down. (coughs) Hope is not... There's a difference in... in Hope is, is... is the word elpis. It means to anticipate, usually with pleasure. Sometimes we think hope is like something's not, and we really wish it was, and so we're kind of like, oh, when I get that, it'll be. But it says here, hope is usually with pleasure an expectation or a confidence. The hope of glory. And glory is not heaven. Glory is manifested presence. So Christ in you, the anticipation and confidence that the presence of God goes with me, that the kingdom of heaven is walking with me. Wherever I go, the kingdom of heaven goes. And out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. There's moments where we speak. There's moments where we, we teach and we preach the word of God. We expound in here. There's sometimes people come to our house and we sit down with them and we talk about scriptures and we, we share scriptures and sometimes they ask us questions and we, we help them understand the scriptures a little better. And then there's those moments where we just walk with confidence everywhere that we go. There's that place that we go to the kids' games. And I've told you before, there's been times where... where uh, there was a time when we played, we played, they were little, and we played football, 
And after each game, they'd come up to me, and I still do this. I'd kiss my boys on the head. We do it everywhere, you know. And before too long, all these boys come up, and they'd just stand there. There'd be a lot of them putting their head down. And I was like, all right, here we go, you know. And somebody asked, one of the, the dads asked me, he said, why, why do you do that? I notice you do that all the time. And I began to talk to him. I was like, because that's, that's, the, lo- that's the love of a father. I was like, it's a, it's a, a blessing. And I was like, in... And, and usually in, in, the, the, in the Bible, a blessing was to lay hands on them or to, to, to it's, it's a, I want to show them that I'm confident in them. And, it, you know, and they were just like, oh, that's really cool. That's amazing. I, I, they started thinking like that towards their kids. They started thinking differently. And it wasn't just this, you know, get up, you know, football. Play. Who kisses their kids on the head in football, right? But here they are, they're, they're playing and they're, they're, they're doing these things. And, and we're living life. Um, when I was in school for the uh, for CDL from to get my CDLs, I had been up there about a week or so, I think. And the kids had some doctor's appointments. They came up, and we we went to eat. And there was this uh, couple that was sitting at another table, and you could tell they were kind of they had heaviness on them. I don't know what it was, but they had a heaviness on them. And we were sitting there, and the kids were there. They'd gotten there before I did, and we're very loud when we go places. It's just laughing, joking, cutting up. Well, I come in. Well, as soon as I come in, they're, oh, Dad. I walk around, give them hugs and kiss and all that, see all the family. And before I left, that guy, he walks up to me, and he was like, you have the most beautiful family that I've ever witnessed in my life. He said, this, what you have is beautiful. And it was just us being us, insignificant to us, because we were just being, it wasn't anything extra special, but it was just us being us. But I thought, Lord, the, we know the blessing behind these kids in this moment. We know and thankful for that, but it spills over to that restaurant, to people that I don't know. I told Beth, it almost made me feel like maybe they had lost a, a child or something, and it was a remembering. There was a heaviness on them. But in that moment, they could feel the presence of God. They could feel love. They could feel laughter. They could feel joy. And it was out of our bellies were flowing those rivers of living water everywhere that we go. And it was seemed like some. We were just eating dinner. It wasn't a special dinner. It was just eating, hanging out. And I think that in our insignificance as we walk and as we know the confidence and we have that hope of glory, that expectation with pleasure, that God is going to, that God can change lives and he can change hearts. And that no matter where he puts us, that we have that moment sometimes where we get to speak into people's lives. And, and Paul said, he said, sometimes you may, you may plant and sometimes you may, you may water. Apollos planted, uh, I water, but God gave the increase. Amen? And, and, and I've, I had, I've, I've had to move past the I've got to get them saved. If I don't do it, who's going to do it? But all I have to do is just plant the seed. And then the Holy Spirit begins to draw. The Lord begins to walk them down that path. The Lord begins to bring them down that path. We had kids in our youth group that came when we was in Arkansas, and we planted the seed. We didn't get to see any of that. We later found out that they went on to other churches, and, and through that church, they found somebody that began to raise them up and begin to, when I thought, they didn't even go to church until we were ministering to them, and we began to plant that seed. And as they began to grow, they remembered, and, and, and I had to get past, they didn't remember what I said. They remembered the word of God. The seed was planted in them, and we just got to be a part of that. Um, one of the other scriptures I was going to read real quick, and if you don't mind, was, I can find it. Oh, yeah. 
It was uh, Mark 4. And it was about the parable of the sower. I'm not going to read the whole thing because we, we all know that. I mean, most of it, we know it. Um, the parable of the sower. Um, and there's something here that Jesus said in verse 13 of chapter 4, Mark 4, verse 13. Um, he begins to say it. He, read, he said the parable of some fell among thorny stones. And then he began to talk to him about why that he was speaking in parables. But in 13, uh, he says, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? So that's significant about this first parable here. We, we really got to lean into this. And this is one thing that I think in verse 14, it says, the sower sows the word. Now, I have a, um, um, in, in one of my um, commentaries on here, it talks about the word. There is not necessarily just so in the scriptures, but the word is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we sow. We begin to sow the thought that things can change in your life. We begin to sow hope. An anticipation. And at first, that hope of glory, that, me and Beth was talking about this. We, have you met people that, that have been sick for so long and you try to talk to them about healing and they can't even, one, one lady told me, she said, she said, Pastor, she said, I've been sick for so long, I can't even imagine what it would be like to not be sick. And it took me back for a minute. I thought, man, I, I haven't, this takes it deeper than just you need healing. This, this woman needs her mind renewed. She needs her heart and her body renewed. And some people would say, I've been, I have been depressed for so long, I wouldn't know what joy felt like. And I just begin to, but when you begin to speak, that hope, there is an anticipation. There is, I don't have, I would like. But eventually, as that seed begins to grow, it becomes that confidence. Now I know, now I have hope in glory. Hope that God is standing here. I have I have a salvation. I have a confidence to know that the glory of God rests on the inside of me. That's why he said Christ in you. So that's funny. Christ in you, the hope, at first it may be an anticipation of something I don't have, but eventually it becomes a confidence in what I do have. And we get to be a part of that. We get to walk with people in that. And it's the most beautiful thing. It's the most beautiful. It reminds me of Whenever the prophet, he says, he, God told him, he says, I'm not in the whirlwind. I'm not in the fire. I'm not in the earthquake. But I'm in that still, small voice. I'm in that person that just that gives you a hand on the sidewalk. I'm, I'm in that person, as you were there, man, feeding the homeless. Some people are like, oh, that, that's not doing that's just No, no that's, that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And the people that you get to pray for. That is in me hanging out with these guys, these boys' dads, that they're not, they're not believers. We're watching, talking, and the conversation always ends up about what I do as a pastor or a preacher or what do you think about this? Well, I was, I've heard this. What do you think about this? And I don't even have to preach to them. They ask questions about these things. And I'm just like, oh, well, you asked, so here we go. But it's just the, the insignificant, the hope in me Christ in me, the hope of glory. I, and I, I want to encourage you to continue in those what seems to be insignificant moments because those are the most, to me, those are going to be the most powerful moments 
And I believe that is what's changing Southeast Oklahoma, is the church coming into going, okay, it's not about the, the big and the great. And it is, I mean, I'm not saying that, that God doesn't work through that, but it's the day in and day out. People's lives are changed not on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday when you're walking with them and you're talking with them. Sunday should come and we come to celebrate and we hang out. But, but those people don't, and that's one thing we had to learn is they don't know some of the things that we know. They don't know how to go to the Lord. So we got to teach them. We got to show them. We got to invite them into our home and say, hey, this is what our home looks like. It's not always, it's not always great around here. There's, and the last few weeks has been kind of rough for me around a place. And I'm just like, Arr. and it stinks to be a minister and be human at the same time. Because <laughs> you're saying one thing in the Holy Spirit and everything you're preaching is the exact opposite of what you're doing. It's like, oh my God. <clears throat> and then you have the prophetic wife who reminds you of all the things and all the sermons that you've preached. So. Um, but, yes, yes, yes. But thank God, thank God for that. That the Lord is, is showing us. Um, I wanted to uh, speak just real quick too on when we was in worship. I could feel a healing that was coming. It was a healing that, that it wasn't coming, but it was happening. So Christ in us, the hope of glory, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that rose Christ and dead is alive in you. So healing is coming from the inside out. It's coming from that place, that altar that you've built in your heart. And I think that when we're, we're, one thing I'm learning is to go into that, that secret place of, of the most high, that it's, it's here. It's, it's, in, it's in me, the spirit is in me, and I can go, and we're beginning to learn to, to rely on that healing. I uh, went to the doctors this last couple of weeks, and uh, my A1C was better than it has been, and the, the doctor said, I see improvement. It's getting better. Um, last year, I had some spots come up on the back of my eye that were real cloudy looking, and they were kind of gnarly looking. Uh, I went to the eye doctor last week, and the doctor said, come here, I want to show you something. And so he put them side by side, and he said, Those, that one spot, it's almost gone. And there were other little spots around it that, that were there that they're not even there anymore. And he says, man, this is, he says, we don't get to do this, but this is improvement. And he goes, this is awesome. And, and I thought, I just took for a moment, I thought, Lord, you're healing me. That healing is beginning to happen. And, and, and it hasn't been like a spontaneous, oh, I feel better now. But it's, but it's, it's I see it now. And the Lord is showing me that. Um, so that healing is happening in you. It's, it's, it's beginning. And as we move forward into this year, I feel like the Lord is saying you're, it's going to be important that you recognize the healing coming from within inside of you and, and coming out. And you will see those healings within your body, yourself, which will bring confidence for you to pray and begin to see healing in other people as well. Um, I want to give a real quick report, too, on we, last week we went to Cindy Sherrill's church, Salt of the Earth, and we had a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, God is doing some, some great things in there. Uh, one of the things that I've, I'm excited about and continue praying for their team that goes into the, to the jails, uh, they're going into Latimer County Jail there at Wilberton every Sunday, um, and the, the, the courthouse is actually asking them, it's like, hey, you guys aren't going to miss this Sunday, right? They're, they're calling them and saying, hey, this is, this is changing. That, that's what they're saying. This is changing this area. It's, it's doing some work. And it's just them being, just doing the work. Um, <clears throat> there was a, you know, 
sometimes we have this fight back and forth. This not a fight, but this argument, I guess. Uh, we see in one scripture it says that we're not, we don't get saved by works, but by faith. James says, but if you want to see my faith, I'll show you my faith by my works. And so Beth and I have been having this conversation about how do we work and have faith without works, without being at works, you know? And so what the Lord has begun to show me is, is there are things we do with our hands. Now, we do those things because God's called us to do or we have an ability to do. But it's, we don't do those things because we feel like God, if we don't do those, then God's going to be displeased with us. And so we're able to do the work that God has given us with faith and begin to move into that. And we don't do it because it's a religious expectation or it's something that we have to do to earn his favor or his love. And so we can come out of that, that work. Because I think sometimes we, I've seen a lot of people, I know myself, I was like, well, I don't want it to be work, so we don't do anything. <laughs> and exactly right. And the difference is, I told Beth, I said, the difference is, is am I doing work or am I serving? And obeying. Exactly. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Amen. I was just thinking there, that last part you shared with us, and what you've been sharing with us all today is reminding me of what I used to teach. Just be yourself. Be who you are. You don't have to be someone else. You don't have to act like someone else. You don't have to do what someone else is doing. All you have to do is what God is asking you to do. And just be yourself in it. Don't, you don't have to pattern after anyone. Just be yourself. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's make a declaration. <clears throat> As we have given back to the Lord a portion of what He has given us, we declare that He teaches us to profit and leads us in the way we should go. The Lord gives us power to make wealth and supplies all our needs according to His riches and glory. We bless Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. As He blesses us, His way becomes known on the earth and His salvation among all nations. Lord, we are believing you for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, debts paid off and transferred well, prosperous businesses, our vats filled with oil and our coffers with gold, expenses decreased, blessings increased, heavens opened, earth invaded, signs, wonders and miracles and angelic visitations. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, thank you for more than enough so we can give into your kingdom, co-labor with heaven, and see Jesus get his full reward. Amen. Just, just a, a word on that. Um, I used to wouldn't have wanted to say anything like that, <laughs> thinking that it was bad. But we've seen this, we have seen this work. It works. 
believing what you're saying and praying. Speaking it out with your mouth. So. Wait, no. You've got to wait. 